Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to have a very special guest here with us on the show today, and he is someone that and maybe as passionate about food as I am. We both love food, different aspects, but it all feeds into the same thing. No pun intended. Uh, his name is Dr. Darren Detweiler, and he is an author, professor, consultant, columnist, and a thought leader in food policy. He's been described as one of America's leading food safety advocates by Food Safety Magazine, and he's one of the most well-known, respected, and accomplished people in the food safety industry by the food safety news that quote comes from in 2018 he received the international association for food protections distinguished service award he is the author of food safety past present and predictions and building the future of food safety tech food safety technology he is a navy nuclear submarine veteran and you can find more about him and his mission of bringing food safety to the world at HerculeanEffort.net. So you can go there and connect with him and check out everything he's doing. Dr. Darren, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. I, 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 as I said, you are someone who is as passionate about food, I think, as I am. I mean, used being a former chef and having that background, but you're passionate in somewhat of a different way. And now, while I had to go through Serve Safe and you know get certified and all that fun stuff, that's been your life's work is bringing food safety to the world. So I'd love for you to kind of tell your story about what makes you so passionate about food safety, which is a topic, quite frankly, I don't think it's talked about enough. Well, you know, in, in a general sense, food is one of probably the best examples of this this thread that connects all of us. You know, I mean, it's 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 definitely woven through our our, our journey, our coming of age journey. Um, you know, when when we uh, go to school, we we talk about bringing lunch or buying lunch. Uh, we get our first job, our first car, and you know, we want to go with our friends to eat, or we may work in the food industry. Uh, we're going to go live on our own, go to college, and you have to deal with how you're going to get food, how you're going to cook. Your you know, your mom's always worried: Are you eating enough? Do you know, are you cooking enough? Uh, you have a family you know, the idea of making enough and, and taking care of things to put food on the table. And then you have children and, and you're worried about them in terms of their food. So we can look at almost every aspect of our life and realize how important a role food plays, as opposed to many other topics we could talk about. Um, and uh, for me, I never really thought about food in terms of food safety until 1993, when an incident took place that that um, had me not only learning about what misunderstandings and mis, um, 
not misunderstandings, but uh, what things you took for granted, if you will, in terms of food safety, uh, but how how much of an impact that can make on life. Yeah, I mean, food safety is because we all eat, right? We all eat multiple times a day for the most part. And it's something that, you know, typically, like you said, take for granted. Like, when's the last time you were? I, I think the one thing that we don't take for granted, for whatever reason, that people get way too crazy about is raw chicken. I think people get nuts about that for whatever reason. And they like sanitize their counter 1800 times. But everything else, people just kind of don't even think about it. It doesn't even cross their mind. Well, whether it's the idea of uh, the business is open, therefore they must have passed a health inspection, or the it's packaged and it's got this company's logo and you know branding on it, therefore it must have whether it's the USDA or the FDA approval kind of a thing. We we make uh, certain assumptions. We take for granted that there is validation, verification, there's testing and auditing, uh, and there's a level of ethics along the way. But there's there's a whole other layer of of, of um, you know, food inf- food safety information that that I think is critical. Uh, you know, when we talk about foodborne pathogens, we talk about like E. coli, Salmonella, Listeria, Campylobacter. Um, we typically, you know, we say foodborne illness, but in reality, you can get those pathogens and never have eaten the food that is the the culprit. There is animal contact. You've, we, there are cases where people got sick at a petting farm or at a county fair. Um, there are um, there are examples of foodborne illness that are waterborne. People who got sick from E. coli at a public pool or public waterhole kind of a thing. Uh, 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 one of those kind of amusement parks with, with a water park in it. There's person-to-person contact where you come into contact with someone who, you know, they, they didn't go to the bath or they, wa- they went to the bathroom and they didn't wash their hands. There's the there's surface contact, like you're talking about washing surfaces. There's even air, in some cases, there's airborne contact so it's it's a little bit more than just you either eat it or you don't and i want to stress the fact that everyone can become sick and impacted by a foodborne pathogen however it's the very vulnerable the most vulnerable populations that are the ones that typically end up in the hospital end up uh, surgery dialysis and end up dying you know, some 3,000 Americans are killed every year because of foodborne pathogens. Um, some 48 million become sick. Some 128,000 are hospitalized. But those very vulnerable populations include uh, the very young, like under four or five years of age, the elderly, those who are pregnant, or have some other pre-existing condition with a, a compromised immune system. If you think about it, those typically are not the larger populations that are working or voting or doing the shopping or cooking. They may be, but in, in general. And for the past 28 years that I've been involved in this, the vast majority of deaths are on the two ends, the, the very young and the very elderly um, in, in cases I've been involved in. Yeah, and that's that's something to take note of. I want to ask you this question, though. What's it like to go out to dinner with you? Uh, you know, I get that question a lot. Um, <laughs> number one, if, if I make a choice, I'm going to go to a place that I know 
puts in a lot of work in terms of food safety and training, uh, their mission statement, how they validate and verify that, and how they prioritize. If I'm going to a strange place, one of the things I do, quite honestly, and this is going to sound a little like you, you know one of those things you're not going to predict, um, I go into the restroom. If the restroom, which is one of the most public facing places that are behind a door uh, is dirty. It's unkept. It's, it's uh, you know, there's no hot water. There's, there's no soap. Uh, there's trash all over the place, whatever it is. It clearly has not been um, paid attention to in some time. Imagine what the kitchen looks like. And, and, you know, that's something the public don't typically go into. Um, I do look at certain things to, to try to, uh, you know, get a sense of what's going on. Not that that's a guarantee, but it is a good kind of a telltale sign in terms of if they can't get that right, then I can't I guarantee they can't get their kitchen right. I know before this whole global pandemic thing was going on and kind of put the world on hold, you, you go, you travel and speak a lot. You speak at a lot of events and, you know, a lot of universities and different places. What do you do when you're traveling? How do you you know, because you're in a place where you may not have been before. You have to find a place to eat. You have to find food somehow. Oh, I, got, I got salmonella at a food safety conference in Dubai once. Wow. In fact, there's in Chicago years back, there was a um, there was a food safety conference where many people got sick. Um, you know, where you have people congregate like that, you're just increasing the odds that people are going to get sick, whether it is because of improperly cooked or poor handling, cross-contamination, uh, cold food was not kept cold, hot food was not kept hot, uh, whatever it is, those things actually do, uh, uh, you know, uh, happen. Um, and when you have a large convention of people, you're just magnifying that opportunity uh, for for making someone sick. And yeah, you know, I, I, I do, there are some foods that I avoid. Um, and I, I spent what, 28 years of my life avoiding red meat. Um, you know, in 1993, I'd never heard of E. coli until uh, my son got sick with E. coli. I had a 16-month-old son in 1993, and uh, I went to pick him up at his daycare center one day, and there was a note on the door that said that someone in his daycare center had tested positive for E. coli. Be on the, where, be on the lookout, you know, be aware of looking for these symptoms. And that evening I saw those symptoms and took my son in thinking that, uh, you know, I'm sure this is nothing, but we'll just be safe kind of a deal. Um, yeah, a month later, my son died because of uh, an E. coli uh, contamination. He died from E. coli uh, through person-to-person -person contact in a major outbreak tied to a fast food hamburger restaurant where they weren't cooking their hamburgers uh, to a high enough temperature to kill the pathogen. And, you know, a, a child's deathbed is the worst, the last place that anyone would want to learn about food safety and E. coli. And so a lot of the work that I have done through speaking, through advocate, uh, advocation, uh, when, I, when I advocate for food safety, by, by being at the table with policymakers in terms of bringing that true burden of disease, bringing that consumer perspective, um, teaching, uh, writing, all those different things I do, my biggest goal is to um, achieve two things. One, though I lost my son, I don't want anyone to ever say that my son lost his father. Uh, if I can bring some type of um, uh, uh, meaning 
of that little dash between 1991 and 1993 on his gravestone. Um, that's that's important to me. The second thing is, if I can do anything, uh, because I can't just ask someone to do this and not do it myself. If I can do anything that can prevent another parent from living with a chair forever empty at the family table because of something like this, then it is one of the most important things that I think I can do. And yes, I used to wear a uniform. Not that I wear a uniform in this, but I do think that um, this is my way of continuing to try to um, not only build a legacy for my son, but to try to protect others. Yeah, and you have great purpose and you really show it through your actions because you're out there advocating regularly. You've written a couple books. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're out there doing what needs to be done. And it, like I said, being in the industry myself at one point in my career, it's something that definitely doesn't get talked about enough. It's something that needs to be brought to the forefront. And even to, if, if it saves a few lives, that's all for, that's all, you know, the reason to do it, which it will save a lot more than that if more people become aware and practice it. But Dr. Darren, thank you so much for being here. I want to remind people that they can find you and grab a copy of your books at herculeaneffort.net. That's where they can go to do that. And I can't wait to have you on the next show because we have more to talk about. And I appreciate you coming back for round two. And I look forward to speaking with you then. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.